You're listening to Women in Wellness, a program to help you create gorgeous growth for your blissful business and health and wellness. I'm Dr. Gabby, holistic health expert and founder of Women in Wellness, a one-of-a-kind course and community designed to empower and inform you about how to build a purposeful and profitable holistic business. And today, I'm very excited because I invited a terrific guest, Jordan Daly. She is a yoga instructor, a business strategist, an entrepreneur from startups to Fortune 500 companies. She's worked in communications and marketing and business development and market entry and strategy at different points in her career. She was chosen by Harvard Business School as one of the thesis subjects for the MBA class of 2012. And she also worked with local NGOs and larger organizations on resource assessment and mapping out how to develop economic viability. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like your career is so expansive and I'm like very eager to get into this conversation with you. Hi, thanks for hanging out. Thank you. Hi. You know, it's so weird when someone reads your bio back to you. I'm like, oh. Yeah, that was a real labyrinth of a path, huh? Yes. How not, exciting. Not, not a, not a, and still going. How about yeah. that? Still yeah. going. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So, um, where's a good place to jump in? I mean, I love the fact that you're a yoga instructor and you're business savvy. I feel like that's kind of yin yang hmm. or feminine masculine or kind of left brain, right brain. I mean, does it feel that way to you, this kind of holistic piece and then this strategy piece? Hmm. You know, when I was going through my, my 200 hour training, my yoga teacher training, um, I was reading Henry Kissinger's book, World Order. And we had to do a thesis at the end of our 200 hour training, like kind of a book report and talking about um, you know, yoga as, as yoga, not the asana practice, but yoga, the practice of stilling the mind um, and how it related to whatever we chose. So, you know, a lot of people are like running and yoga, yoga and birth. And I'm like holding this book and I'm like chosen to relate yoga to um, politics and our political environment. And I'm like, why the fuck do I do this to myself? <laughs> Why? Why do I do this? <laughs> I asked a very dear friend of mine who's a who's a uh, entertainer and journalist for NBC, and he's like, "You do it for humanity." And I was like, "Okay, I'm just gonna roll with that." Um, so yes, you know, yoga is the medicine, um, and I was thinking about it yesterday. Uh, you know, what I yoga is really about alignment. So alignment of the actual physical body, alignment of the bones, alignment of the, the muscular skeletal structure, alignment of the central nervous system, and, and balancing the systems, you know, and, and, and to think about my career and my role with all of the companies that I worked with was that. It was alignment. Like I was brought in to align people. I was brought in to align companies before they went public. I was brought in to align companies and teams before they were taken private again to really get everybody on the same page. So um, I, I, I feel now it's like that connecting the dots, beautiful, uh, you know, Steve Jobs uh, uh, talk that he gave that you know, I couldn't know any of that until I'm sitting right here talking to you and answering this question. So thank you. <laughs> so great. Mm. I love the diversity too. And um, 
I was looking at your website before our interview and you mentioned a life-changing experience in Nicaragua. How does that tie into this uh, development? Yeah, I um, I went to, I left New York uh, knowing really clearly that I needed a bit of a reset. Um, and I, I booked my trip to Nicaragua. Three people had told me in three days that I needed to go to Nicaragua. So this was like 2011. Um, and I just booked it. I did not know anyone. I booked it and I, and I pulled up to this magical place uh, on the coast of San Juan del Sur, you know, and this like blonde dude that looked like he'd like just crawling out of the, the ocean, opens my door, you know, with a coffee mug and he's like, hey. And, and that was amazing, but, but I, I truly discovered humanity. And when I say that, um, I, I knew that New York was not the world. I knew, you know, I'd, I'd been traveling for 14 years really consistently and all over the world. I've been so, so lucky to travel everywhere, but in a different way, right? Like in a different way and like, you know, on the company dollar and you're going in and out of nice hotels and it's just different. Um, so I got there and I really started to pay attention. And I think that was the biggest takeaway from that moment is I started to pay attention to my life, to everything around me, to these people who had been brought in by these guys to, um, to create and build an economy and, and really, really felt so connected to that. So that's the second time you mentioned humanity. What does humanity mean in, in your own words? Does that mean like humanity as in how we're all connected or does it mean humanity as sort of in the sense of uplifting or empowering? Yeah. I think, um, I think the, the, first, the first hit that I got when you asked me what does that mean to me, the word rawness came up and I believe that there is such beauty and rawness and what makes me cry. And I, I, I read something that you should always start there when you're trying to look for your purpose, right? What makes you cry and go from that point um, is to be around people who have absolutely nothing and to feel their joy and to see them smile and to see them love their kids and love their family. And I also believe so um, strongly that you don't see things until the moment you're ready, whatever it is. And I was not, for whatever reason, ready or prepared to see this before. And, um, and that's what I mean by that when I say I discovered it. And how, how is that connected to your role as a facilitator and an entrepreneur? Is that sort of your why, like why you do what you do? Is it something that fuels and inspires the choices that you make? Yeah. I mean, the, the overarching answer is yes. Um, you know, it's, it's a very interesting you know, when I was 22 years old, I thought that I was going to be the CEO of Louis Vuitton. Like, I remember saying it. I remember saying, that, like, this is what I want to do. I mean, I don't know that there is enough money to pay me now to do that job. And, and just 
because um, I know so clearly that I have gone through the path that I've gone through in order to be able to reflect the other people so that they can start to see their path, right, of paying attention. And, um, you know, I think that we are on this journey to learn how to get back to our soul, which requires us to be able to get out of our own way. You know, it's a really, really challenging thing to do, and I don't believe that you can do it on your own. So you may not like, over your lifetime, you're going to have so many teachers, right? You're going to have actual teachers, and then you're going to have, like, relationships that you feel fail miserably, and you're so heartbroken, but they are someone that has come in to show you something that you weren't ready to see. And the only way that you could have gotten there and gone deeper and become more awakening, because that is the prayer, right? The prayer is not take away the pain. The prayer is, may this show me my awakening. May I allow this feeling right now to transform me. Um, so I think that for me, being able to see myself in people who are running their karmic path of living in a desolate village in Nicaragua with no running water is something that allows me to, yes, feel connected to myself. Absolutely. And I love the language that you use. I mean, you're using words like karma and words like um, you know, purpose and stuff. If you're in a corporate environment, because you have this, you know, professional connection to cor corporations and companies and startups, can you bring this into that space? Can you bring this conversation and this approach into that space with executives? Are they open to that? Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's, the the biggest responsibility that we have and that I feel that I have is to meet people where they are, right? So um, I was I was in about a month ago. I was in meetings like three days in a row, um, and they were all with women at really big, you know, Fortune five hundred companies. Um, these women were all, each of them were in a position of, you know, right under the CEO, managing teams of a hundred people globally, making half a million dollars a year. Um, and these meetings that I went into were actually meetings about uh, uh, something else. And every single one of them ended up being a counseling session of how to get them out of their lives. Right. And I think at the end of the day, you know, they're the most powerful emotion that we tend to grip to is fear. Right. So there's a lot of other things that come into play. There's an anxiousness, there's a restlessness, there's an unhappiness, there's so many things. There's, you know, there's a level of like acute fear that you feel when like, you know, you're home at night and like you hear someone trying to get in your house. Like that is acute fear, you have a reaction, you have a response. But then there's this like very subtle um, feeling where these different emotions start to pop up. 
and, 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 and you can't necessarily name what they are, but you just know it's like this uneasiness. And if you really get under what it is, it comes down to fear, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's a something that we are gripped onto because we know it, because it feels safe for us, even if we're miserable. It's, it's safe because it's the devil we know. Like the, the alternative is to not know, which is terrifying. So it's a lot of like that conversation resonates with everyone. And it's a real point of, it's a starting point because it's, you know, I, as a teacher, you teach what you need to learn. Like, I, this is not me like, oh, I've arrived. I like to fear in my life. I'm fearless. Yeah, like, fear. I mean, the beautiful part is every time I'm sitting in a room with an executive and I happen to resonate because I was that executive, I was in that position, the only difference is that I now have a tool set. That's it. Like, that is the only difference. So if I can, you know, create a way for that to be accessible, then, then I'm, 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 I'm doing the work, you know, I'm doing the work with people. So when you say counseling, do you give them some of those tools from the toolbox? Do you say here, here's a tool for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A lot of it. And you know, it's really, um, like there's really simple things. I mean, there's, you know, there's, I, and I know it's, it's, mm, the getting quiet part is really important, right? The um, actually allowing yourself the space to stop the hamster wheel, to stop the dialogue from, from being your sole focus. So it's not that you're gonna stop thinking at, by any stretch of the imagination, but it's can you allow yourself to get out of the drama of your own story, right? Can you step into the role of observation? So there's like, and, and it takes time and it's like days that you sit down and you're like, I, I just, I'm too smart. I can't, I can't stop thinking. I just can't stop thinking. And like you go through the cycle of resisting it and resisting it. So, and that's a big one for people. There's a, there's a element of, of, of quiet and stillness that's necessary. And then, you know, um, I would say writing has been one of the biggest game changers for me. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm sure you've read, you know, Artist's Way by Julia Cameron, and it is such, um, so impactful to be able to sit down and write stream of consciousness. And so there's definitely helpful tools that I do when I'm alone and as we are going through and, you know, because all of the work is inner work, like no one can do the work for you. I mean, I can sit down and coach you until the cows come home, but like, I can't do it for you. Um, but, but with that said, I think that having someone as a reflection, as a mirror for you, allows you to see things that you don't necessarily have the access to. Mm. Yeah. So the audience for this conversation is, is mostly people who are working in wellness or who want to work in wellness. Mm. Um, and I think that most of the women in the community, they know these tools, maybe they've yeah. used these tools in their own lives or shared them with family and friends, and now they wanna bring it to a larger audience, like they wanna bring it to corporate or they wanna bring it to their schools where their kids go to school or um, they wanna bring it to um, 
their local organizations, whatever the case may be. So, I mean, anything come to mind in terms of how to best facilitate? I know that facilitation is one of your expertise. Um, yeah. how, how to do this? You know, any, anything come to mind about if you want to bring this to others, whether it's one-on-one -on -one or groups? Um, what do you think is a good approach or good strategy? So for me, um, my, um, I get caught in the overwhelm when I start to go so big and visionary, right? And I am a visionary. That's the way I think. I'm a Leo. I'm like, you know, text yeah, me too. <laughs> Um, so it's like, I'm not just going to bring this, like, I have to solve poverty like that, right? Like it's like that weight and that is very paralyzing. It's very paralyzing. And I have found myself in these places in my life, all throughout my life, different periods of time where I don't do anything where I, I feel absolutely physically paralyzed. I don't know how to move forward because it's so big, right? It's just so big that I don't even know. And then the self-doubt plays in and it's like, but what, what's my voice? What do I have to offer and all those things? So the best recommendation that I have gotten is just do one thing, right? So if it's, you want to bring it to school, send an email and say, look, I'd like to bring this to school. It's going to be a $20 donation. Uh, let's just send out the email and see what we get. Like you didn't even have to have a space figure it out. You don't have to know the how, like it's not our job. It's not our job to know the how. I mean, I, I just did it recently. I've been feeling really called to work with women in college. Um, it's been coming up during meditation and I don't know what exactly that looks like. And I did another, I did a, a, an interview yesterday with this girl who's just come out of NYU and um, I'm in New York right now and, and, you know, said something to her about, you know, I, if you've got it, and she's talking about like having this group of friends that have just gotten out of NYU and they're in the city and they don't know what they feel like they need to know and they don't know. And I was like, look, like, I don't know, but Saturday morning, 10 a.m., I'm available, you know, let's do $20 donation. I, I've got a couple hours and bring your group together. And that's it. Like it was that, it was that. And I gave her the email of, of my name and, and a little write up. And, you know, we've got a group of 20 people that have come back that want to sit and do it. So it's for me. And that was really challenging. Like that was really challenging for me because it's that, it factors into the not feeling enough, like not feeling like it's enough. Like, oh, I can't just go meet with this one group of people. I actually have to go out and like stand on a stage at a university and like give a, a, a commencement speech, right? <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy and then video tape it and have it go viral on the internet. Never. 70 Never. million views. <laughs> so. Never. Yeah. Yeah. So like, yeah, that, it's that beautiful Arthur Ashe, start where you are, use what you have, do what you can. Love that. Love it. Love that. So simple. <laughs> yeah. Why do we make everything so complicated? No, right? Because we, that's, that's, that is, that is the, the egoic cycle that we get caught up in. It's easier that way for us. We think, 
we enjoy. I wonder if we get, as you're talking, I'm thinking, I wonder if we get addicted to the think really big, get paralyzed, do nothing. Think really big. I wonder if we get, <laughs> wonder if we get addicted. Absolutely. It's a, it's a pattern like anything else, like, you know, feeling unworthy of men, like calling in, um, you know, men that can't, can't meet you, like not ever getting the job that you want. Of course, of course we get addicted to it because it becomes what we know. You know, Joe Dispenza is so incredible and has this book called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself and has this amazing, uh, you know, whole thought process around, I mean, speaking of thoughts, like around, around the quantum field, right? And like you are in a place where your body, right? Your central nervous system doesn't know what hasn't happened yet. Like there's no way for it to know. It knows what it remembers. So you, your body doesn't know if something's actually happening or if you're thinking and then you're feeling it in your body, right? So it's like, if you think about what it is and how amazing you are and how dynamic you are and how powerful you are, your body doesn't know that you're not. It's your mind that knows <laughs> yes. that. <laughs> totally true. Yeah. So are you working on anything now that, that really excites you? I know you just mentioned um, feeling called to the sort of young women mm -hmm. in higher education. Is there anything else you're working on now that really excites you? Yeah. Um, well, we're working on a, we are on the, on the practitioner realm. We're working on a, we're working on a platform. Uh, I've been on a startup for like the past 16 months and it's been an amazing ride. It's an amazing, amazing, um, it's an amazing choice to start a company at 36 and not at 22. Uh, and I've learned so much. So it's, it's morphing a bit, but it, it is going to be in the avenue of, um, allowing practitioners to create more accessibility. So it's, it's similar to um, a booking system and a back-end integration platform and really is a place where aggregation happens across all modalities. Um, so it makes it very easier, easy for customers to book. So that is, that is on the, it's on the, the docket. We're finishing development now. Um, I'm teaching quite a bit and I'm working, yeah, I'm working with um, a number of startups. I'm working with a number of female um, entrepreneurs and it's sort of a mix between, you know, that, that space where facilitation meets strategy, right? So it's, it's, um, it's a coaching also, uh, it's sort of a, it's like, it's like where coaching meets management, right? So like, how do you manage from your heart rather than, you ha than your head? How do you um, start to allow yourself to get out of your own way so you can grow and develop and reach the potential of what you're actually trying to create and not what you feel is being put upon you by the tech industry or whatever it is? And, um, you know, it's, I'm, I act as a bit of a sounding board for people. Nice. Yeah. That's so awesome. I feel like I could talk to you all day, but I can't because oh, we don't have any more time. So if people want to connect, follow you, find you, yeah. communicate with you, uh, how can they do that? Sure. My, my email, uh, jordankathleend at me.com or my Instagram is jordankdaily. Nice. Yeah. I like your Instagram. You have a good Instagram. Thank you. <laughs>
<laughs> Thanks so much for hanging out with us today and sharing some of your wisdom. I really appreciate it. Ah, thank you so much. The questions are always amazing and allow me to learn. So thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to this episode. You can join the Women in Wellness Club at women-in-wellness.com.